0: how do i get through this challenging moment of crises and a lot of things putting me under pressure or putting my existence under pressure you know gas prices electricity prices going up job insecurity war situations and especially if you're if you've trained your empathy yeah, oh, yeah. and you take everything <laughs> in and your radar is out there and you're constantly oh my god yeah where am i in this context and am i good to myself do i appreciate myself do i take care of my Mental health? Do I take care of my physical and my
1: spiritual well being? How do we navigate complex times? What are the inner resources that we can find to better come out of a crisis? This is Emma. I am a guide for yoga, breathwork, meditation, and this podcast is part of my effort to help people create and live a more luminous life. My guest today had a time in his life when he was homeless. And school, mentors, and his own internal guidance is what put him back on track. He's a futurist with a pragmatic, with a um, structured view, but at heart, he's an artist. I met him at the Future.io executive conference in Aix-en-Provence, and he was one of the people who had the most impact on me. The conversations that we had were the reason why I even wanted to start a podcast in the first place. Growing up between cultures from Europe, Asia to USA has given Pascal a unique perspective early on, the perspective that to embrace fundamental transformation starts with oneself. He has a story of personal reinvention, lifelong curiosity, and professional business career. Pascal Morgan is a technology pioneer creative thinker, and passionate speaker. He's a digital transformation advisor, and he looks back at over 30 years of uh, career in technology and media. He's the founder of Think, Speak, Transform, where he connects, advises, and speaks on disruptive technologies, new business models, as well as ethical challenges for a sustainable future. This includes guiding startups, companies, and corporations through times of constant change. He's an artist and philosopher at heart. He studied philosophy in Frankfurt and has been trained in choreography. He loves coffee, gadgets and people. And While his 30-year career is absolutely impressive and remarkable, I'm here to find out more and learn more from the human behind. His first contact with the deeper side of human life was when he was 15. He's going to share all about it in our conversation today we're going to speak about navigating complexity and finding inner balance, inner worth in times of crisis. I welcome today Pascal Morgan. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And welcome, Pascal. I'm so grateful to have you here today as my guest. Uh, How are you today? How are you feeling?
0: Well, first of all, Emma, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate the invitation. Um, And it feels good to be here feels very good to be here, and it's a great way to start the day.
1: Likewise, like was Pascal, when I met you in uh, France, in Ex-e-Provence in the Future IO conference, you were one of the people who had the most impact on me, and I remember that even though we were in a business setting, um, speaking and thinking about work and the future and um, pragmatic things... What really had an impact on me was the, our dinner conversation, our white dinner conversation, actually, when we spoke about meditation, when we spoke about human transformation. And I remember listening to you and being like, I want to record what you are saying right now and put it out there for people to to hear. So it makes me really uh, humble and grateful that you are here today. And um, maybe just to to get the conversation flowing, could you share a bit, what is something that challenges you in this time? And what is something that you feel grateful for in this time?
0: Mm. Oh, thank you. Well, actually two very big and two wonderful questions, actually, um, that go very deep. So uh, first of all, if I may just blink back to that evening um, when we met, uh, it was it was a moment of serendipity for me. So having this moment in a business context where everybody is talking about the future and about transformation and a lot of technology and how this will change society. And that's what I usually do. I talk about these kind of complexities of what's happening around us. Then to have this moment, this pocket in time where we can just be there at a dinner table and have a moment of presence. And that was such a rich moment because it was a moment without beginning, without end. It was just there. (laughs) And, And that's what I think is so important today. And it is a big challenge. I'm not saying this is easy. Yeah, it's not even easy for me. Um, in a moment of a lot of noise, and a lot of different challenges, too much input, information overload, different agendas, um, is creating that space of presence, natural, pure presence, not wanting to achieve anything, not wanting to model anything, manipulate anything, just being there and uh, and that moment for me reflects taking this moment of just being human and having that moment of a real connection and that's um that's what i was very grateful for in that evening um that uh, that you went on this moment journey kind of of presence and i think that is something that i'm very passionate about to bring that more into the outside world is to have those invitations to others who are constantly in this kind of hype cycle. It's always something mind, 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 or even too much worries and sorrows and looking back or too much thinking about only tomorrow, but not taking care of our moment and
1: presence. Mm. So true, and what I love from what I hear is that your work uh, deals with technology, with the future, with AI, and uh, as I was saying, very pragmatic things, but the way you approach that uh, is a very soulful one, it's a very deep one, and presence-oriented one. What is something um, meaningful that you're working on right now, these days? (laughs) <laughs> um, a lot of things
0: I bet <laughs> well yeah y- yes and no um I think I think it's a constant challenge mm-hmm. every day every day to wake up and to make this a meaningful day yeah. um and not only I I read a lot I connect a lot I talk a lot that's my job i love speaking Mm -hmm. and that's why i call my company think speak transform exactly for those reasons because Mm -hmm. i just love to think and reflect and i enjoy complexity but it's also the speaking thing that creates the connection and in those connections new things evolve right there are different positions are different perspectives I'm the classic debater. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the MBTI um uh, 16 personalities. Yeah. Um I just love discussing things from different perspectives. Um, what's your type? I sometimes um I am the debater, I'm the, the debater. ENTP.
1: Okay, um, great. So that's the person
0: <laughs> who just really loves. I even love to challenge myself. So I can like even in my mind when I have conversations with myself or with others, I like to sometimes debate against me or myself Hmm. just to challenge me just to understand you know where am i at because um i've i do feel very immune to to certain bias traps i mean everybody is biased everybody has this thing the moment you have ego you have things that you use patterns that you use to look at the world Yeah, Hmm. and that's always going to carry some bias you just have to be very observant of that and try to stay free of it as good as you can but um yeah to actually answer your question uh, it's a day yeah, every day it's a challenge to to do something that is meaningful and to always for me to look at what i'm doing is this creating impact is this creating progress um am i just fulfilling some old patterns am i trying to close some old holes or satisfy some some needs Mm -hmm. or is it really something that is nourishing that is good for me that is creating value in my presence yeah and um so just just a word on where i come from uh because you mentioned that so in (laughs) after i finished school or while i was actually finishing school my 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 uh, uh, abitur that's um, grade A level equivalent so after 13 school years I was actually I was actually in parallel studying choreography and dance so I thought I was going to be an artist um and a dancer and I thought okay but I still want to go to university I did do the um the entry test at uh, the University of, of Dance in Frankfurt um, I got admitted, but I did want to finish my school. So mm-hmm. I then continued my education with a private school and then continued my abitur, my um, A-level uh, degree. And then after that, I thought like, what is the best combination as an artist and as a dancer and choreographer? And then I started doing the music for my performances. I want to study philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually... <laughs> I think the two professions that um don't really bring that much money in <laughs> as a salary <laughs> and are very tough to survive with those are the two things that I that I chose but those are the things that that drove me um and uh, and by coincidence then I got into digital and IT and technology and that's mm-hmm. that was exactly actually 30 years ago and everything else is history um but it's always this thing about, I have a very strong story of transformation, of personal transformation, different life phases, different things I went through. And uh, and I noticed the only way I can deal with it is just to be honest. Yeah, it's just to be very frank and honest about it and to face it, yeah, to face my inner demons, to face my outer demons. and um, And I think that's, that's the source of some of the resilience that uh, carries me still today Mm -hmm. but don't get me wrong it's not easy yeah um but we'll get into uh, that in a second uh there's maybe one or two things I can share with you talking about how do you ride your demons in in a good way
1: I'd love that maybe you can Maybe help us travel with you a bit through your life story, just to get a bit of a perspective of how how you got to um, include these concepts in your life, and what are the let's say the life moments when you came closer to some of the values who have built you, who mm-hmm. have built who you are today.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, again, first of all, thank you very much for that question and it's a very meaningful conversation and it resonates uh very much with me so I really appreciate that uh so from my life story very simply just in a few steps I grew up in a very um challenging household so my father as an African American um in the military so he was a military man for 24 years uh has had war experience in Korea and uh, also represents a very strong and, um, for me, also nourishing African-American family community I have in the States. Mm. But, of course, he was a very powerful figure in my life, as he was the typical macho. Yeah? Um, oh. <laughs> very, very rigid and very strong and powerful. Uh, when he was in Korea, he did his fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. And that's what he wanted to do with me as well. So when I was five and a half, six years old, I was in a Taekwondo school. So we were lined up all the grownups and then there were two children at the end and I was one of the two. And I had to learn at a very early age the thing around discipline, physical discipline mm-hmm. and a quite kind of a strictness uh, to it. And he was also very rigid, physically rigid. and um, And also partially toxic so that's where i had my first exposure to toxic masculinity so as i say that i love my father and he has a lot of attributes that i can take i can also see some of the things he gave me as a challenge that i need to free myself from as well and i cannot continue that story i have to write my own story also as a man find my own identity yeah, And it. I don't want to continue any toxicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's on one side. And on the other side, my mother, um, an intellectual, uh, feminist, um, politically, very active, uh, social democrat in Germany, did her PhD in history, uh, specialized on the na- national socialism and the workers' movement and uh, the women's liberation. So... In that context, she was a complete free thinker, very agnostic. Um, She unfortunately died um, uh, uh, 25 years ago, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Way too young because she was actually at the beginning of a very promising political career. But she gave me this free thinking perspective and anything is possible. And what she would do, you know, once a week, there was a newspaper she subscribed to and once a week there was a science page and she would always tear that out and bring it to me Mm -hmm. and i would read that and then when i was 12 and 13 i would start debating political issues with her and um, the beginning of the workers movement and then the beginning of the women's movement women's liberation ever since de 1792 93 uh, with the declaration of women's rights and it's you know and and that's the dichotomy or the let's say the field of tension that i grew up in yeah okay. and then of course you know traveling through cultures so i was born in germany then we moved to thailand from thailand to california from california then back to germany and we were on, only um in transit here we wanted to continue to sri lanka mm. uh, and uh, we got stuck here in germany so and that kind of tension at home and then having then two much younger siblings where i had the responsibility for them as well so 10 and 12 years younger than me and then at the same time growing up between cultures i constantly had this challenge of adapting readapting learning as quickly as possible letting go again yeah mm-hmm. and then try to find my own golden thread through this whole through this whole chaos actually So yes, I've been on 10, if I'm very accurate, 11 different schools, um, to, uh, graduate from, from school that's without kindergarten and without university. So in that sense, I had to quickly adapt and it wasn't always a positive challenge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That is so, I mean, it must have been, um, really tough for a young child to be moved uh, so much to, to experience uh, so much instability, right? Um, yes. Was it something that um, was there as a stable point for you, or was it something that you managed to find as a, as a grounding point for yourself in those moments?
0: Yes. So, so I think from a very personal perspective and i'm not looking at the outside moments Mm -hmm. um we can also talk about that a bit later outside moments people that play a specific role um, mentors even without knowing that they're there um that's very important but from my inner perspective and my inner journey uh there there were some key moments um one very special moment Um, There was, I don't know if you recall the old audio tapes. And when I was 15, um, there was a mother of a classmate of mine, she gave me this audio tape. And uh, and at the time, we're talking the 80s. At the time you had these very old, um, it's very simple plastic encased uh, cassette recorders with these long, long uh, buttons that you have to push down, they snap in and then the lid will flop open and you have to slide this cassette in and then you push the lid down it (laughs) snaps in and I had these very cheap headphones you know with these very cheap cushions that you put on your ears and i remember it was an evening i was at home Um, so she gave that to her son he brought it to me because he told her that i was into philosophy and and i was thinking a lot in class and discussing a lot and i remember it was an evening at home it was uh i think it was a winter evening it was already dark outside and and i put on my headphones and i pushed the play button and i'll never forget that it's like if i get goosebumps now (laughs) and i pushed the button and i heard something that i've never heard before in my life it was like an explosion in my head and in my whole body. Actually, it was a tape from Osho at the time Bachmann, and he was holding a speech. I think it was around. I think it was about the whole the whole thing around philosophy, Zen. And of course, he never really spoke so directly about it, but also some of the tantric elements that that was part of his philosophy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he was just he was just mind opening for me, and um, that was a that was a very strong key moment. And I I just sat there mesmerized, and I listened to the tape, and um, and that has been with me ever since, ever since deeply ingrained in my experience as a as a as an adolescent with 15 and I'm very grateful for that because I experienced this inner moment that I think gave me the resilience for some of the challenges that were just right around the corner so when i was 16 my family more or less imploded um it was a very violent very disruptive um, divorce and split situation where um, my parents split up uh, they were kidnapping my siblings from each other um, mm. there was there was a lot of violence involved um, and it was very traumatic and uh, so with 16 i was homeless uh, so my mother moved away my father moved away my siblings were gone um, the house was sold and i was in a large german city um, in frankfurt and i had no place to go and uh, so i had to improvise and i you know um, improvised at friends places i Slept outside. I went to these, what you have in Germany, these small garden houses. So you have these little garden colonies. And sometimes I would find a little house that didn't have a big lock and I would maybe break in and then have a night there. Mm-hmm. Um so that was a time where I really had to where well, I was really struggling. Yeah. I've I left school and I had to improvise for for several months. And I think that that continued actually for about yeah a good six seven months and then off and on and then um i landed in some flats um some squatted flats mm-hmm. um, abandoned apartments um, then it got into a community and i i didn't know what happened but that was like the year of 84 that's my big transformational year Mm -hmm. and uh, also with the help of some mentors then i got back into the school system and then from that school system then i got into a place where um adolescents were being taken care of yeah into a home um where there were 20 25 other um adolescents from all walks of life uh, for me, I was very exotic there because um all of these other youths, they had some very, very tough challenges. They were drug addicts, um, yes, um, kids that, you know, already had started very early on in their criminal careers and um, also some sad parts um, prostitution, these things. So, so me coming there from that background and then going to school every morning, um, I was very exotic in that context. But to close the circle, that moment where I had heard that Osho tape for the very first time, that triggered off a whole, whole thread of a spiritual anchoring, yeah? That would then carry me through a lot of the very hard challenges that would, you know, that were that were coming. Yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for sharing this amazingly vulnerable story. Um, I think many of those listening are thinking about or anticipating or thinking about how they could maybe navigate some challenge, some crisis in their life. But I think the prospect of actually getting into or or being out on the street left without a home is something that many of us maybe don't even imagine for ourselves. So to have been in that position, which is a very vulnerable one, and to be here today, um, I personally, when I hear that, I feel amazed and uh, grateful. And I feel like the like the angels were there to protect you, to to guide you, and there was something there clearly to have prepared you for that. And I'm curious, um, and it makes me really wonder how how did it come that you didn't have an, inter- an internal crisis after that external crisis, right? So.
0: <laughs> I never, I never said I didn't have an internal crisis. Okay. No, but how did but, it look? But, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, I, I love, I love sharing my, my story to whoever, whoever is, is interested. Um, uh, and everybody has a story to share. I mean, everybody has <laughs> crises, and um, I would never try to compare my story with others, and. Um, I always have the feeling it keeps me humble to know how deep my crisis went Mm -hmm. to actually understand how deep it can be for somebody else even if we sometimes from a bias think oh this person is privileged it can't be that tough yeah everybody has their own stories everybody has their own demons and everybody has a challenge in this lifetime that we have on this planet this very short lifetime to process things. It's like for me, I see it like a challenge to say, Okay, what is my challenge for this life here? What am I here to learn? What am I here to process? Which path am I to evolve through? Yeah. And I know this is a very privileged discussion because there are a lot of people out there that are struggling. They're trying to get by every day, yeah. physically, mentally, spiritually. It's very, very, very diverse and very different. Um, but I feel free. I feel free to to share that mm-hmm. and also to be vulnerable because that's the only way I think we can be and just, just to share one one little anecdote, it's I have that sometimes, especially in the autumn time when the air gets a little bit fresher, a little bit colder and a little bit moister. And I just just go outside into the park or I walk down the street and I can get this moment where I can smell a, this crispness in the air. This it's, it's slightly cold, but I feel extremely naked. And it reminds me of this moment of being homeless, of being exposed to nature, you know, because I only had the clothes I mm. had with me. I had a small pouch and I just had some extras and nothing else. And and then being exposed to a very cold night or especially in the early morning hours when the dew sets in and your clothes get moist and they stick to you and there's like this, this uh, this freezing feeling that you can't get out of your fingers and your feet. But there is something very naked to it, something very pure. And I can sense that, you know, every now and then I can just close my eyes and. And I can, I can feel it now too. It's this.
1: Rawness, maybe
0: it's absolutely raw. And there's a beauty in that moment. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, sugarcoat something i'm not Mm -hmm. trying to say it's beautiful to be in a crisis but i appreciate the nakedness of a pure moment yeah and that's that's i think what gives me a certain level of detachment to certain challenges where I say okay I can go completely into a moment and say I need to solve a problem I need to focus all my chi and my energy and you know what I've talked about the <laughs> discipline from my dad I can focus and I can get this done
1: military style but
0: exactly <laughs> but <laughs> I can also like There is something in me that is detached from that, yeah. and that's that moment, this this pureness um, that I can appreciate. Yeah.
1: Mm. I definitely felt that. I definitely felt it. Pascal, so a lot of people today are anticipating crisis in their life, or maybe even going through crisis. How? do we, how do we manage this? How do we, I don't know, listen to the news and hear about the war, hear about the financial crisis that's coming upon and manage to not create an internal crisis, not manage to not go into that space of survive, but stay in that space of thrive, let's say. Can we, Mm -hmm. can we hope to, to thrive in these times and When I think about philosophy, um, my my or or an objection that I think could be there is that um, in times of crisis, philosophy comes second. Uh, That is an objection that I've heard. That in times of crisis, there's no time. You have to act. You have to. You don't have time to my personal opinion is that it's the other way around in times of crisis, we can turn to thinking and thinking transforms something in us. Um, can you share a bit about this? Maybe some of your own wisdom and experience.
0: Wow. Um, very well put Emma. I'm, I'm learning from you just listening and taking <laughs> this moment. In. And it's wonderfully said, it's wonderfully said. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, Crisis has always been as painful and as critical as crisis can be. It's always been the beginning of something new. And not that I misunderstood, I'm not saying crisis is good, the war in Ukraine is not good. Um, Hunger, oppression, um abuse is not good yeah um and i understand it's sometimes hard to filter out all that what's coming in um and i i know a lot of friends in my meditation community and my spiritual community they sometimes tend to then to negate everything and to say it's all mm-hmm. fake or just to, and i and i understand where they're coming from uh i'm 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 way too much into science and into the real world to really capsule myself off and to call everything, it's just fake. There's a big difference between understanding my own life as like a stage Mm -hmm. and Mm. observing and seeing how these things play out and what they do with me and what I can learn from that. There's a difference between Understanding that on one side and on the other side, negating everything what's happening out there. So that's why I do feel very immune towards, for instance, conspiracy narratives or um, esoteric concepts that might lead us away into another construction, actually. yeah, it's just yeah, replace I- you're replacing one construct with another construct.
1: I totally resonate
0: and and there's this thing about okay wait a second wait 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 where am i where am i in this moment a lot of people do it over breathing over connecting over introspection um, things that i do for instance i mean i meditate every morning i have to start my day if i don't have that moment then something's off for the day so i begin every morning with uh physical exercise with um it's a mix out of um, physical awareness breathing yoga um, and then also fitness and weaving these things in but then there's also a moment of meditation and and there are different meditation techniques out there you have passive meditation active meditation and all kinds of different things I have some I have some favorites um, that I that I like to do um but you know everybody should find their own style and their own model that they can that suits them yeah? yeah but it's this what I'm trying to say is this how do I get through this challenging moment of crises and a lot of things putting me under pressure or putting my existence under pressure. You know, gas prices, electricity prices going up, job insecurity, war situations. And especially if you're, if you've trained your empathy, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you take everything in <laughs> and your radar is out there and you're constantly, Oh my God. Yeah. Um. But it's, where am I? Where am I in this context? And am i good to myself do i appreciate myself yeah. do i look at my hand or my body do i touch it do i appreciate it yeah do I, is it blessed yeah. do i take care of my mental health yeah. do i take care of my physical and my spiritual well-being yeah. And that is something that doesn't come by itself it needs to be practiced appreciation needs to be practiced yeah it's the same thing like connecting yeah uh, sure. calling people you're connected to and calling them and saying how are you yeah looking out after each other it's it's there's mm-hmm. there's some doing that needs to be done taken care of right um
1: so, what I've learned in my
0: in my practice, for instance, so i I like working a lot, for instance, with chakras. yeah and uh, and I know I talked a lot that I'm a science person, and I love science. Um, but uh, I also appreciate ancient wisdom. and uh, and there's if you take a look at, there's a lot of science in a cultural, historical, cultural context, yeah that can be appreciated. And I would never, for instance, take something historically out of context, Mm -hmm. something that's maybe two, three, even 5,000 years old, and try to proclaim that this is the truth of today's scientific reality. I would never do that. But we can still appreciate. What you're sharing. Yes, appreciate this ancient wisdom and, 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 uh, and chakras have, for me, been very useful, and even if if we don't want to work with chakras, I think it's always worth looking at what they represent. Yeah, and because mm-hmm. they represent different aspects of it. Yeah, and for those of you, um, um, and um, I know that you are also uh, familiar with uh, the seven chakras that we have. And if I start root chakra, yeah, at the very bottom, and go all the way up, it's It's a very clear narrative. It's Mm -hmm. like I am, I feel, I want, I love, I speak, express, I see, I pray. And these are very interesting dimensions in our life, in the time that we have here. Yeah. And if I start with I am in my root chakra, it's about existing it's one of the most challenging questions for me especially the thing about i'm allowed to be here yeah i'm allowed to exist nobody can say i'm not allowed to exist and there you know a lot of it's what i call the superego. that's what i also learned, you know, the voices coming up and talking to this ear and talking to this ear. Uh, sometimes it's the voices of your parents. Sometimes it's your own internalized voices. It's the voice that actually tries to keep you in in the small boundary. Mm. Yeah. And mm. the funny thing is, it's a very negative voice. But actually the voice is trying to do good. It's trying to protect you from you additional trauma. Yeah. It's trying to tell you how to survive. Yeah? Yeah? Try to protect you. Don't get hurt.
1: And I feel like in times of crisis, all the energy goes back down to the uh, root chakra, right? So all the energy starts to focus on saving money, on surviving, on preserving our our physical um, integrity, let's say. But the as you were sharing, um, the journey of the energy through the chakras makes us a whole being, makes us a human being. So if if you wonder, or if one wonders, what is the value? of compassion, of um, pleasure, of uh, wanting and of of praying, of seeing in times of crisis. And to that, I would say you don't want your energy to be stuck at the base. You don't want to be stuck in survival, even if uh, everything points to that. But you would want to make, uh, to ensure that, you would want to secure that. And after that, allow the energy to go up. So you can have a tall spine, as we say in yoga school, um, be with a a strong spine and a soft heart, right? So how about um, staying complex human beings and and integrated human beings, right? And I feel this is where thinking and philosophy and concepts and even prayer meditation, um, working with our bodies, this is where it comes in. The closer to survival that you get... One we may feel like, how um, can you go and tell people to do yoga when the world is collapsing, right? But precisely because the world is collapsing, we need to have these practices to be grounded, to to be to have our inner resources. At least that's that's how I'm seeing it, and this is mm. also why I love um, the way you bring philosophy into and and prayer and meditation into your own um, internal crisis and not only
0: um, so so when i speak about the root chakra and speak about being and existing uh, the root chakra is not it's, it's not it's not for no reason why it's one of the most powerful chakras there it's the source the energy that will go up um but it you know every chakra has a light and a shadow side yeah Mm -hmm. and it's interesting to look into those and to explore those and that is something that doesn't happen by itself it's sometimes a painful process yeah it's what I call turning on my flashlight, my inner flashlight mm. and looking into those dark <laughs> corners, right? And exploring and seeing like, oh, my God. Yeah. So like, for instance, there's a lot of trauma in in the root chakra. Talk about, okay, people telling you that you're not worthy of being here mm. or um, people experiencing being given away you know, for adoption. Um, people not getting enough love and attention from your parents and having the feeling that you actually should not be there, yeah? You're just a burden, yeah? Um, and these kind of experiences as a child, they run very deep. Um, so this is basic psychology even, yeah? Uh, not even spiritual, it is something very tangible, you can feel it. Yeah? And when you work with people or you coach people, you can really sense the moment you say, you're allowed to be here. It's great that you're here. And I've Mm -hmm. seen tears, I've seen relaxation. I've seen, you know, Mm -hmm. it's this moment of arriving and that shows you how powerful this is. But if you just go up the chakras, it's, it's, it's also similar with others, you know, with your second, that, you know, the one that you connect with, the one that you actually love with, yeah? Because a lot of people, you know they misunderstand what the second chakra and the fourth actually mean yeah um when we go into relationships when we want to be reflected as men women or whatever gender you identify with when we are um uh, connecting we want to be seen yeah this is a lot this this it's a lot of so that's the light. There's a lot of in the dark shadow. There's this stickiness, yeah, of not being recognized <laughs> and not being loved back, yeah, mm. uh, not being able to let go, yeah. <laughs> um, sexual satisfaction, yeah, it's this constant um, uh, being confirmed, yeah, being confirmed that I'm worth something, that I'm beautiful, yeah, uh, and that I get my self worth out of that. Yeah, yeah that's. There's, there's a lot you can look at right there. You know? and then you go up to the next and you say, okay, my third uh, I want, you know, it's, my, it's the expression of my willpower. Yeah, you know? It's like, but how do I create borders? Yeah, you know? How can I feel agency? Yeah, you know? How can I feel empowered that I can really reach out into the world out there and say, this is how I want to design the world. This is the expression of things, or am I holding myself back?
1: I even yeah. feel like, straightening really my, as you speak, I feel like straightening my back, just the fire, you know, rising you up.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, There's a lot of energy and a lot of, the, I, the experience that I had is a lot of celebration, yeah, in the third chakra, yeah, this solar plexus, it's a lot of, oh, yes, yeah. And then the funny thing is, and I just move up into my heart and then, it's something, this this was my most transformative moment. And that's why in ancient wisdom, they call the heart chakra, the, the transformational chakra that actually connects the, the, the lower ones and the upper ones and can transform energy. And also when you're stuck in one of those or you're in the shadow moment, you can actually then connect it with your heart and it will transform a lot. My experience here, and I've, and I'm sure it's different for 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 everybody, but my experience was a lot of this unconditional love. What does it mean to love unconditionally? And interestingly, I was surprised when my first experiences were that, I thought this was going to be, oh, I love the world and I feel connected to the world and everything. And so, you know, <laughs> pink, these pink heart moments, these pink heart moments and, you know, and sticky, 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 that was second chakra. <laughs> that was second chakra. Yeah, that wasn't up here. That wasn't this, actually, it's, actually, it's a very calm, almost cool kind of feeling. It's like, mm-hmm. there's, it's just unconditionally, let, you know, bringing in and letting it go and being okay with it <laughs> and being okay. And honestly, being okay with myself. Oh my God, <laughs> that, that was oh, a yeah. big challenge.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> being okay with myself, loving myself unconditionally. It's one of the biggest challenges. Yeah.
1: when did you Ah. first start to feel that you accept yourself and love yourself unconditionally if you remember was there a moment was there a time
0: so wow it's um (laughs) Mm. I think there have always been moments in my life Um, uh, I remember uh, (laughs) talking about vulnerability when I was, um, I think eight, eight and a half years old, uh, dancing naked in front of the closet of my parents. I was alone at home and my parents (laughs) had a closet in their room (laughs) and a big mirror and, and, uh, I I was a little bit chubby. I wasn't the skinniest kid hmm. um, at that time, um, even though my dad tried to train me a lot, but I ate a lot. But I remember a moment where I just loved myself and I loved my body and I loved how everything on my body was shaking in front of the mirror and I was dancing and dancing and I was ecstatic. <laughs> I love that moment. I love that moment. Um, and I think that's something that um I also learned from my kids is this thing of appreciating the moment of being without all this noise and all this, all these voices, yeah. It's being just being okay with myself. Yeah. You know? I don't want to simplify the answer too much. Um I I had, I think, the first. Big moment when I went through my latest, over the last few years, my latest um, education cycle, you know, going through uh, different spiritual meditation and also tantric practices, and to have like an inner experience and to look at these different chakras and moments. And um, so I think there's a whole chain of little events. Yeah, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that is, I think, the whole story about awakening. Um, I always thought that awakening was a done deal. You know, you just, you have to just work, 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 work to it. And then all of a sudden you have this epiphany. And then you're like, oh, wow, I know it all. And I'm fine. I'm free. And I'm happy forever. But. Exactly. I think I missed out something. And there's something that comes from behind and says, well, have you dealt with your inner father have you dealt with your inner mother <laughs> who are you as a man where are you in this society and all of a sudden pattern here pattern there and then wait a second I thought I thought things were clear now yeah I thought you know I just have to sit on my cushion and look at my stare at my belly button for like several years and then I'm good no it's a it's a constant I had this conversation the other day about you know this 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 u shape in in your process oh, yeah. of awakening and then having these different stations and then always looping back and and then all of a sudden you think you're very far in something and then something completely mundane happens and you get all upset and all of a sudden you go like oh wait a second i'm in a pattern right now mm. yeah yeah i'm on yeah, i'm in this yeah. moment i'm in this, you know these old jukeboxes with these little records right? yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah
1: i just push the button and
0: and then this arm gets the little record out puts it on there the (laughs) tonearm moves over the needle sets down and the record starts playing starts playing and all you can do is watch and you can't stop it Mm. that's a pattern that's a pattern Well, all of a sudden this jukebox starts and it starts playing if Mm. you like it or not yeah So, like, screw your enlightenment. Yeah. (laughs) I've got you now. And you're going to listen to this record until it's finished. Yeah. And then when it's finished, then sit down, meditate about it, and ask yourself, why did that happen?
1: What just happened
0: now? (laughs) Yeah. Talk to your inner observer. Yeah. And try to learn. It's, it's so.
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah, like, and I feel like this is so encouraging for anyone who wants to go um, or who is already on a a path of self-development. It it never stops, right? Like you meditate, Mm -hmm. you've been through your journey, you've been through everything. And you now have kids and the kids get um, sick and they cry. And then you have to record a podcast with me, but everything is messed up. So you have to... (laughs) you come downstairs and uh, that was the story of my morning absolutely yeah uh, absolutely. I, I took the liberty to share that because <laughs> I, I just I just felt like it's so um I don't know speaking about uh, it's so telling to how you still have challenges right and how we still have challenges like so many many people think that I uh just because I teach meditation and I practice meditation I'm this person who never never gets angry well ask my boyfriend <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm a human being. Everyone is a human being. We have emotions. We are allowed to have emotions. Anger is actually sometimes, or can be a good thing, moving us, moving us through something and away from something that we don't want. So, um, and we see a pattern. When we see a pattern, I feel like the power is there to observe. To observe, as you said, you watch the record, you cannot stop it in the moment, but then you can reflect about it. And uh, that's where our power lies
0: absolutely absolutely um and if i may share a little nugget uh, because you just you just reminded me of that the whole thing around emotions um i was introduced to a concept to you know to differentiate between feelings and emotions where in this this concept and as i said we have to be careful with concepts but i just take it you know as an impulse of feelings are things that i feel in the moment yeah the Mm. moment being here with you in this wonderful conversation this wonderful connection and sharing and i feel like my horizon is widening while i'm talking to you and and i can then observe all the feelings that i have Mm. and then emotions where in this context um emotions are like old patterns like when i get what we call triggered yeah um something happens and then i react out of a pattern or out of a bias or um yeah that you know this this it's a there's a difference where the moment i was introduced to that when i react strongly what i would say normally emotionally then i ask myself is this a feeling or is this an emotion is this or in other words is this something that is genuine in this moment
1: mm-hmm.
0: or is it like an old pattern the way how i have learned to react to something and i give you an example this thing around because you talked about anger yeah um honestly i mean for those of us who are familiar with the like golden energy or red energy you know it's this whole thing around you know um i mean we can't always bathe in 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 mother milk Right, and then always have this golden energy, and the sun is shining, and everything is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, we also go through childhood. No, I want something. Yeah, or no, I want to do it differently. (laughs) I have my, I have my stubborn head, and I want to, you know, I want to run against it, or I want to touch that hot pot, and I want to burn my hand. I want to learn. Yeah, I want to do differently. Adolescence, (laughs) puberty. Yeah. I want to move out. My parents suck. This world sucks. I I know it better. I know it differently and those are experiences that are very important. So red energy, anger, yeah, destruction, yeah, is very important because without it you will not have that creative moment and that circles a bit to our discussion that we had in the beginning yeah it's this cycle, you know, the destruction and death bringing in out, you know, birth and new life and new perspectives. yeah mm. And that's why, um, you know, also in in ancient uh, Indian wisdom as well, this whole thing around, you know, you have you have godlike destruction and you have godlike creation. yeah, yeah. and these forces, they're they're constantly there. And they're part of our human being. Yeah. It's um it's it's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to have that moment of tearing down things and recreating, yeah. If I'm not a slave to it, yeah, and if I don't inflict pain on others, yeah, Mm. that's very important. So I'm not proclaiming violence, yeah. That's something else. Um, it's this, it's the red energy it's the red power of wanting to create something new and i can only do that if i get rid of something old yeah and and that's this whole thing with golden energy red energy golden Mm -hmm. saying everything's in harmony and red is everything is in destructive recreation yeah
1: Shiva, Um, Shiva, it's destruction, it's um, taking out obstacles, it's uh, removing toxins, what no longer serves.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you can't always do that peacefully. You can't always say like, no, I want all these bad things to leave. Sometimes you need to take action and you need that energy and you need the power to do so. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I say, and then the other example, that's where I was leading to. Is like um, when when my kids do something and they trigger something. They don't listen, mm. for instance. Yeah, I I call my son like three or four times. He doesn't react. Yeah, mm. and then I get like ah. <laughs> yeah, and I think every parent can relate to that. Yeah, um this moment where kids don't listen, and then I can sense. I can sense something happening in me, and I can sense something or several things. Right. One thing is. I, I'm not being heard. Yeah, so it's my own kid. But my kid in that moment can trigger something that has nothing to do with him. Nothing whatsoever. It's relating to my own childhood of not being heard, not being listened to. And then I get this anger. Yeah. And then what happens and I have another pattern coming up because my dad comes up. And my dad says, you better listen, and you have to be on point. So And then that's how this whole pattern then starts. You know, I have an old emotion that's triggered. Then I have a behavior pattern that's trying to like, you know, because it's trying to protect me, it's trying to create an environment where I'm being heard and where I have control. Yeah. So and that's and that's where I'm in, that's where the record is playing. Yeah. That's where the record is playing. And I go, like, okay, wait a second. Then I have to reflect, go, okay, what's happening here with me, really? I want my son to hear me. Is there any other way I can do it? And this is not, and please, parents will relate to that. This is not something you can always do in the moment you have to leave the house and you have only two minutes to get to school and you're late already and you, your kid is not listening to you and you don't have the time to get into your yoga moment. Yeah. So you need some action, but there is something going like, wait a second. Maybe something else is happening. And maybe I need a different method. Maybe I need to say something in a way that makes them listen up and follow me. And I say like, oh, by the way, did you think of this? Do you have your, so instead of saying, get ready, get out of the door, I say, have you packed your water bottle? And that will get him thinking. It says, oh, no, I did not. And then he'll like pack it and say, okay, are you are you on your way out the door? And then I create this moment where I don't need to activate, yeah? my old patterns, and then I found, I found a little one, but I found a new little door that opened Mm -hmm. that is leading me on another path, yeah, away from my old patterns, yeah.
1: Love it, Pascal, and that comes from the ability, uh, and your ability to actually observe what is happening in that moment, which, as you were saying, uh, can come very hard, but as we train it, it will be there in the moments where we most need it. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But again, um, because you're talking about philosophy, and I'm and I'm a, and I'm very adamant about pragmatic or practical philosophy.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: there's something very pragmatic in everything, everything I also talk about is first of all, just be good to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, of course, I'm leveraging for my own learning. Yeah because i know i can be very hard on myself i can be very unforgiving and for me one key moment was to say wait a second by all the philosophy by all the discussions all the concepts and all the different approaches and nature religions and you know everybody saying that they know the truth and you know then you have these competing tribes and everything and then the noise and the wars and everything Having this moment and saying, Am I just good to myself right now? Yeah? Nobody's perfect. Yeah? And it's not always about saving the world. Yeah? It's about being good to yourself, yeah? um, being forgiving. Yeah? And it's a lot about self acceptance. And then a lot of things evolve from there, depending on what I like, yeah, what my preferences are. But I think if everybody would have the experience and the inner space of being good and forgiving and accepting, um, I do think the world would look a little bit different. Yeah,
1: that is don't so... want to come
0: across too idealistic but i do
1: believe i totally 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 resonate with that i feel like we have been given we have been assigned um, a small piece of the universe uh, to take care of and it's in our own care it's in nobody else's care and while we can have some control on other parts of the universe it's this part of the universe (laughs) that we first have to Nourish and care for and love, and it's not selfish, it doesn't exclude um, taking care of others. On the contrary, I have this really, really strong belief that the change you want to see comes from inside. You start with your world. If we want to change the world, we start with the inner world. And I think that you, Pascal, are one of the people who are an, an example of that because you've changed. Your own world, uh, through your in- own internal change, right? And you've changed the world of your family. Uh, you've changed the world of uh, of your company and your community. And now you're looking to change even more the world to transform because this is your uh, your word, right? To transform through your own transformation. So it's so relevant, and I, I feel like. There's the temptation to look away from from the internal while Mm -hmm. everything is going crazy, right? But it's even more relevant to go inward while everything is going crazy.
0: Yes, no, I I fully agree. Um, So this whole thing around transformation, um, so I have the feeling it's the best thing I can do. Is to talk and to drive transformation. And mm-hmm. uh, I learned early on there's this pretmund um, Malik, um, professor of economics in the University of st and, and well, he wrote a lot of a lot of books. Now I'm going a little bit into the business part to it, but it still resonates with me personally. it's This whole thing about um, he started off with this. I'm simplifying a lot around work is not supposed to be fun. Yeah, because a lot of people say, um, like for instance, parents to their kids, you know, do whatever you like. Yeah, do what you think is fun for you. Yeah, and uh, and you know, again, simplified and extract, it's about this concept of not doing what you think is fun, but doing something that is given to you as a talent. Yeah, that you have a talent for, that you're good at. Yeah, and when when I discover that or when, you know, just in general, I think it's a it's a general learning, is that the moment we embrace our talents, fully embrace our talents. We become good at doing that. And then with that comes a a positive reflection. We have a positive impact on ourselves, on our families, our communities. And that's then where the fun sets in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the appreciation of it. And uh, we very often misunderstand, that's why you have these talent shows on TV where people go on stage and they think they can sing and they can't sing. And the whole nation watches TV and starts laughing because people think I should be doing that what I think is fun, but I can't sing. So I'm not gonna go on stage, but there's something else I can do. And and uh, I had a transformational coach that helped me also through a phase, and that's also very important: is to ask for help. By the way, mm. we I mentioned at the beginning talking about mentors, mentors. And, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and uh, and I never stop learning, and I always look for mm. people who mentor me. Even sometimes people mentor me without them knowing that they're mentoring me. <laughs> And it's not always about age, you know. I I've learned from a 15 year old as I can learn from an 85 year old. It's just different moments, yeah. Where I go like, oh, oh, that was a learning. That was an impulse. That was something that struck me. Um. But it's this thing with um. I lost I lost my thread. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good one, <laughs> yeah, it's about what i can what I can do this transformational coach exactly um and what he did was you know he he had me he had me draw my my lifeline so and you know on different different levels, you know my my work career, my, so educational work career, my mm. you know my own uh, health situation, whatever um, hobbies and so forth. And then he made me pinpoint the crisis moments where we talked about before. And then looking at those crises, these moments of crises, and then saying like, what were the elements or the talents or the capabilities that helped you through those moments of crises? And write them down, write them down, look at them. And that was mind opening, that was eye opening. That was like, wow. Those are my natural talents. Yeah, how did I over? And I and th- those are different for everybody. Yeah? but really taking a look at that and calling, okay, that's what I'm equipped with. Yeah, now, I'm going to take a look at those right now. I'm going to strengthen my strengths instead of constantly looking at my weaknesses mm-hmm. and take a look at my talents and see how I can actually leverage them. And that's one of the things that I do is I I love talking. I love learning. I love connecting. I love sharing. And I love transforming, you know, looking at things from different perspectives and then seeing what happens. Yeah. And just, you know, not being judgmental, not Mm -hmm. already having a rigid outlook on the outcome of it, but just to see how this space evolves. Yeah. Um, Yeah. that's what i like that's and that's now what i like doing yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: amazing 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 i can't believe we're um almost coming close to to the end of this conversation oh wow i know right um and i feel like we could be here for hours and um probably when we meet again we will talk again for a couple of hours but now as we move to maybe the end of this conversation, um, I feel like there, there was a lot today and um, there was a lot of wisdom and insight that you shared. And I feel like I'd like to close somehow the circle with one thought. And I know this is hard. If you were to share one thought that you feel people can take and take in, Um, and use as a resource in times of crisis what would that be
0: Mm, cool (laughs) (laughs) wow
1: wow wow Wow.
0: there's one sentence that uh crystallizes out and it says uh you're worth it you're worth it your moment is worth it it is worth being here it is that space it's um but the sentence again has its challenge because in moments of crisis it's hard to be open for that I mean how many times have we experienced crisis the last thing we wanted to hear was some wisecrack with a calendar quote. You know? And it's sometimes very hard in the moment of the highest vulnerability is to feel an inner stability. You know? um, it's um, also hard in a moment where that record is playing to say stop no? i want to crack that pattern no? it is very hard in the moment of self-flagellating and chastising and self-criticism to say hey i i love myself i love being me and it's super, super hard to face your own inner demons. Yeah. And, uh, and I think anybody who tells you differently might not have understood what it means to face a demon. Yeah. Demons can be all consuming, it can be very. I call them my Darth
1: Vaders.
0: (laughs) And a Darth Vader has no other ambition than to rule the galaxy. So demons are very, very powerful. And don't get me wrong, I'm not using the word demon as putting a face on it or creating a magical mystery animal out of it. And I think they express themselves completely different for everybody. It can be a deep depression. It can be um, a blackout point. It can be a trigger um, that releases stuck energy from past trauma. Uh, It can be a lot of different things. yeah. And uh, that's why I think it's, you know, I'm the last person to give advice like a a blanket advice a carte blanche to say how to deal with crises yeah the only thing i can say is each and every one of us is worth it yeah we carry the universe in ourselves um and the universe is huge so that's if you would ask me for that that's what that's what comes up in in my in my thought um actually not even my thoughts I can feel it um it's something that just crystallizes in a way um and yes I'm a very worldly person I can I talk about the universe the observable universe 93 billion light years across we've learned so much about this physical universe we've looked so far into outer space it's amazing at the same time we very often don't take the time to look into our inner space and there's a whole universe in that
1: I love it, Pascal. I've really felt it. uh, And I could feel it, not just a thought or emotion, but also in my body. Um, And isn't science also spiritual? And isn't spirituality also science? Isn't isn't the great work of physicians, mathematicians, so spiritual, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I feel like, It's great to remember that um, the rational mind and the the science and um, the great uh, discoveries of the universe and the the great ways that we are projecting the universe in the future have uh, something spiritual to the base and they're one and the same. And the universe inside of us is, uh, as you're saying, is worth it. And thank you for saying this bold and um, brave and empowering thing because I think when as I was saying before when everything is crumbling, um, it might be counterintuitive to think oh yeah I'm, I'm worth it and if I care of myself if I take good nourishment and I, if I love myself I can better support others not that I have to love myself in order to support others or that the only reason why I'm going to feel worthy or to love myself is to support others but it's going to be a natural consequence and uh, the natural consequence will be that I maybe by caring for my own universe and the inner universe will light up the world a little bit will shine a bit in the darkness. Um, the, the the greater the darkness, I remember this. Um, my uh, yoga teacher from yoga school was saying, "The greater the darkness, the more relevant the light." The greater mm-hmm. the darkness, the more relevant the light. And I think you've managed to put this together um, very well in this sentence. So we are worthy, and you are worthy. Mm-hmm. And I feel so <laughs> blessed uh, in this moment. And I want to thank you deeply, with so much gratitude from my heart. Mm. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Emma. And uh, my gratitude and thanks go back to you, and also to this moment. Um, it's been, it's been an amazing journey having this conversation, and uh, and uh, when you reached out, I've, I I know I definitely want to talk to you. and uh it's it's like a gift a gift that the universe has just um brought i mean we only have a short amount of time on this what i call the spaceship earth this uh this ball of rock that is floating through this galaxy and this galaxy is only one of maybe two trillion other galaxies i have no idea and i have this feeling it's um it's like a borrowed time yeah you know? it's i take a look at the at the history of evolution yeah you know, and the way how we've evolved and then we just pop up and we have this short amount of time and when we take a look at this time we can actually make it feel like forever
1: hmm. you know?
0: And um, and that's the moment that I appreciate to say, okay, how am I going to embrace that and use that to have experiences like these? Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing, it. isn't it? I love it. Yeah. It
1: does feel right now like time has expanded in a way, doesn't yeah. it?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Pascal. And I invite everyone to follow you um, and to follow your work, your amazing work, and um, also to follow yourself, guys. So follow your heart. Um, and thank you so much, Pascal, for being here to to guide others and um, to show others how they should connect to their inner guide, or how how does one connect to their inner guide and then come out um, transformed? <laughs> thank you so much. Thank for you being very here. much
0: for having me. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it, Emma. It was a wonderful session. And I commend you on the work that you're doing. And uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. And uh, to the audience um, watching this, thank you very much for taking the time um, to to listen to this conversation. I feel blessed to be able to share this. Um, And I think moments of vulnerability are valuable moments. And yeah, and I think we should embrace them as moments of strength, actually. Yeah. So in that sense, Emma,
1: thank you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you, Pascal. Thank you, everyone.